Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome back to episode four of our roundtable conversation with Paul Doran Jones, Tom May and James Haskell. Three huge men, huge personalities. And I think this is a pretty huge conversation that's unraveling here because we're getting into some pretty interesting stuff. There's a lot of real talk and I don't know, I'm grateful for these guys and sitting in this space with me. Um, I've never had a conversation like this with, with, with them, um, like this, despite we're, we're all friends. Um, I haven't seen them for a while, but it's it's rare. Like, it is rare. So, really grateful for them. Um, this is another episode that follows a similar kind of theme. We're, we're talking psychology, we're talking mental health, and we're talking about how ill-equipped coaches and general teams, the sporting environment, if you like, are with dealing with, with, with players' emotions and how it really is an environment. And you still, unfortunately, do have to... Uh, we have to use the expression of man up because coaches don't really know how to deal with otherwise. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of still the state of play, which I found really interesting. Now, it sounds like um, Hask, James Haskell talked a little bit more about how there are some new, more modern coaches who are uh, a bit more understanding and are applying different um, different behavioural techniques with the team, with the, with the individuals. Um, it sounds like like Eddie Jones, who Hask has done a podcast with. Um, so that'll be really interesting to listen to on, on Hask's channels. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the philosophy still so much is like they said, is have a pill and put some tape on it and off you go. You'll be good to go. And um, yeah, you can particularly feel it from Hask in this episode about how much he feels psychology is still so underrated. Working on your mind being vulnerable enough to allow, well, being vulnerable enough to let people know, and including yourself, that there is room for growth. And if you work on your mindset, you can grow in so many areas and it can transfer onto the pitch. You can become a better person in every aspect of your life. And that's just such a beautiful and important message for me. For so many years, it's been frowned upon working on your mind. It's like you're only working on your mind if you've got a problem. But here's a top international sportsman saying, listen, working on your mind can make you a better player in so many ways. So, Really great to hear that message. Um, I also love what we get into here about um, a good leader is really someone who welcomes people into the group. Uh, and there is still this um, aura a little bit in rugby that perhaps the leaders are, are still perhaps the tough guys, the ones who have put themselves in a kind of unapproachable state rather than welcoming them in. It's like, you know, you have to, you have to earn my respect and how perhaps that wasn't necessarily the best way of leading. Um, perhaps an old school way of, of doing it um, which is really interesting because I totally hear them on that um, and then we get into 
this constant striving that, that happens in, in sport that they judge so much on results. You know, it's 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 not enjoy the journey. It's you've got to perform, you've got to get results. And I get that, it's a professional sport, but I was interested to know how that transfers into the real world. Because for me in the real world is very much about enjoying the journey. It's not about your results. Sure, it's great to achieve, but if we're constantly striving, you know, the, the, the many of the, of the regrets of the dying and that they wish they enjoyed the journey and they wish they just actually sat present with what was going on and enjoyed enjoyed their life rather than constantly chasing. And Hask mentioned that in his career. You'll talk about him saying like, that's one of his big regrets, that he didn't necessarily enjoy the period. He was always striving, always chasing. Really interesting to hear Hask and, and, um, and Tom get into this. We lost Doz. Doz has got a bad neck and had to go to see the physio. So he was gone. Um, but these guys were still were great and yeah, the conversation follows in similar form. So I'll let them do the rest of the talking. I hope you enjoy it. Um, over to you, Ask and Tom. So I know, I don't know if this is one of your questions, but you, you, you talked about in your introduction about uh, was opening up perceived by coaches as an issue and fuck me, it was an issue for me. So I, I saw a sports psychologist from 21 to 35. I, I saw a couple of different people, but I always saw consistently this lady called uh, Dr. Jill Owen. And I basically tried some hypnotherapy stuff, which is basically some uh, visualization stuff, which again, I, Jill and I always talk about visualization, but I use visualization all the time. And I think it's, it's brilliant. But I, I, you know, I obviously also looked in the way I learned. Because people don't do this. People are like, I don't like what's, you know, I don't like the way people talk to me. It's like, well, do you know how you want to be spoken to? Nobody puts the time into work it out. So I was like, look, I need to be told you know, you did this well, this not so well, here's how to go and fix the thing you did not so well and give me the tools to go and do it. Because the worst thing you can do is go, you're shit, and you go, okay, I'm shit, but not give you any solutions. And that's what people do. You didn't do very well here. It's like, well, what do I do? Well, you know, you have to be self-reliant and find out. It's like, no, as a coach, you can point out the errors, but guide me. So I remember opening up and saying, I have seen a sports psychologist, told some England coaches, this is how I learn. And the, 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 you just saw them go like this. They're all like Leicester mutants, and they all just went. No one had ever talked about their feelings or how they learned. Like, does anything happen? They're like, oh, I think you're overthinking this, or you, or you know, or yeah, are you okay? Are you okay? As if I was going to have a breakdown. I was like, no, no, I'm still the same person. I'm just telling you. Don't tell me I'm shit. Tell me how to do it better. Oh, are you okay, mate? They they thought I was a head case so much so that they got this guy to come in and do a presentation where they got you to sit up in front of all your teammates, start doing, stop doing, keep doing, right? And they told me to, you know, to, to keep being, you know, confident, being life and soul of the team, you know, start doing something, something, and, and stop doing this. They were so worried about my mental state that they, before I, they gave me the feedback, they went and saw what I'd written about myself because they thought it was going to be poles apart. They thought I was going to say, I'm a fucking hero. You know, everyone wants to be like me. They were so deluded, and it was an eye-opener. So I think the problem is, is that being a good player does not mean you're a good coach. Nobody gets trained as a coach on how to deal with people. And the point is, is that you are constantly dealing with people. Even in office courses, in management, they give you a management course if you need to go on it. Coaching courses like a bit, a bit of presentation, you know, do you understand how to do a level three? It's, it's not... Do you understand that you've got 30 different emotional personalities with 30 different bits of shit going on and you need to develop different nuances? And Eddie Jones, I've just, you know, on my, my podcast, he's come on and he's coming out in the next couple of weeks. And he's so, he's so interesting about what he does. 
you know, the cog, you know, worrying about how players are, causing conflict between the coaching staff to get a reaction out of the boys, causing conflict with the boys to get react. It's like amazing um, how he how he does it. But all the other coaches I had really struggled. I think really that's a good point there. In that, in that, for a period of time, it was always lads that were progressing from playing into those coaching roles. So many times I've heard ex-players that were coaches going, "Oh, just take some hard nut pills." Or you know, oh, toughen up, just get on with it. Default answer. There's no, there's no, um, you know, and maybe there's an element of look. If you're when I when I felt I was sort of an, as an imposter on 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 in, in terms of a professional player, maybe there's an element of well, my confidence needs to be better because. But then coaches need to understand that actually, there's no way when they were playing, they were always like, oh, well, maybe some of them were. But, you know, I'm, I'm amazing or, you know, all the time. So they need to then go, right, look. And then they just spin around that positivity onto the players. Because, you know, and I, you know there's, there's coaches now in the premiership, and Haskell will know who I'm talking about, that will literally, you know, your leg's half hanging off. I'll strap it back on, you know, or, you know, there's some pills in the cupboard for that. You know, it's just like... What? Pills and tape, mate. Pills and tape and get a bit of soup in you. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Wonder, wonder who says that. <laughs> the, the, the crazy part of this for me is that, you know, the way our brain is wired is that its job is to look at, you know, where we're weak, you know, because it's a safety play. Our brain's job is to try and keep us alive. And to keep us alive, we've got to be aware of, of where we're weak. You know, it doesn't need to worry about the brilliant thing that we've got going on here and like in our life in this area or the party we've got tonight or that doesn't need to be going around our head because that's, that's safe. We're good with that. There's no problem with that. What it will tell us is this is going on here and you need to focus on that because if we're thinking about it, then we're more likely to find the solution. So in everyone's mind, I don't, it doesn't, you know, like, like you said, Has before, if you're a normal functional human being, your mind is going to be telling you, you need to be better. You know, it, that, that, that's how we're wired. So, you know, the coaches who are um, you know, telling you to kind of, I don't know, reconstruct the way you're talking to yourself or the way you're, you know, you're seeing the game or whatever. It's 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 not dealing with the the, the actual functionality of, of being a human being and how our mind works. And I think if we all understood that, I mean, it goes back to to what we talked about before in saying, listen, I'm not perfect, and nor is anyone else. And in that space, we can all have a real conversation where it's like, okay, this is perhaps an area where I'm not perfect, and I, and I want to try and work on that and grow into that, just like someone else is not perfect in that area and that gives them a chance to work into into that space without this expectation of like no i'm perfect there's nothing wrong with me i'm doing my thing let's all crack on and no one grows um so for me i just it, it's i find it remarkable that we're so far behind still and i know it's getting ask i know you often talk about this but and hopefully it's getting better but you know basic human psychology will tell us we are all of us programmed to look at where our challenges lie it's 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 the way we operate and yeah, I um, and that's in normal life. We're not just talking about sport. You know, that's that's in everything. You know, and we'll 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 uh, it will show up in all aspects of of how we live. And it's been a big part of my journey. It's been like to say, hey, like um, you know, I recognise that I'm 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 not this and I'm not that. And and to to actually like sit with it and embrace it and try not to kind of deny it or put a mask over it and try and pretend that I'm this and this and this by covering it. Just go, hey, yeah, this is this is me, and and uh, and, and let's crack on. So I hope um. Yeah, that, that kind of conversation can filter in and people, can, players can have the space to actually say, you know, I'd love to work on this area because it's not my best. Um, do you feel like there's capability in, 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 like in the sports market in the future for this kind of 
you know, vulnerable conversation where people can have the space and in a healthy environment to say, these are my areas where I'm struggling. Really, can we, can we, can we work on them rather than be criticised for them? Is that possible? Or do we have to just continue to man up? Look, I, I retired five years ago. And, and, and for me, that it still seemed like a bit prehistoric in, in terms of the way that it was, it was, it was approached. Hass may well give you a, a different um, sort of view on that from, from having been involved with Eddie Jones. And certainly, you know, I read a bit of Dylan Hartley's book. He sort of said a bit of the same thing, um, you know, and that it sort of empowered him. Um, so I, I think there's probably an element of that. I just, you know, there has, there has to be more. It's just so, it's so stuck in its ways. I don't know whether that's just rugby as a sport or whether it's sport in general. I can't believe it's sport in general. Because there'll, there'll be some, some other individual sports where people are just looked after in, in so many different ways that, that rugby players come out. It's, rugby's stuck in tradition, in my opinion, in, in some way. Um, and I think probably, you know, it has got experience of that with, with trying a different sport. You know, and maybe that's slightly different. Um, but, you know, it's, it, I think we probably, as a sport, and not sport itself, but as rugby as a sport, has probably got still some way to go in terms of trying to change that. Yeah, I mean, I, I look. I, I think there's at the top level with England. I know Eddie. You know, Eddie got some people in to help have difficult conversations because there was some shit that hadn't been addressed from 2015, and he got someone in to help the boys be able to open have open conversations. And I think that's that's followed. You know, there's no bitching in corners and whispering like old you know old housewives because you know that, it's really important that that people do open up and have these kind of conversations. Um, so, you know, I think that's really kind of interesting. I think at most club levels, no, but I think the good environments um, have senior leaders and ability to do that. But in terms of people being honest and open and, and having sort of dialogue and be able to really share stuff, no. You know, I, uh, I don't know what the appetite would be like for it, but if people aren't prepared to deal with their own mental health and look after it, you know, they're certainly not prepared to listen to anybody else's, I don't think. Mm. Um, Hask, I know you worked with Craig White a long time ago. Tom, I don't know if you ever came across Craig White, but um, uh, he worked with Uruguay in, in the World Cup. And, you know, he talked a lot about the, um, he'd become a bit of a mentor to me. And he talked a lot about the, the kind of sharing circles that he had in the Uruguayan squad. And um, I'll never forget the interview that the captain gave after they beat Fiji at the World Cup, where, you know, he, I know they're South American and they are you know, they're full of passion and emotion anyway, but the, the way he spoke about kind of his family and, and Craig talked a lot about how, you know, there, isn't, there is no right or wrong here. There are no frailties. There are no problems. It's, I just want to allow a space where we all can be totally open and discuss any challenges that we have got. So we really can become tight and see each other and know each other and fight for each other because we're a little bit more connected. We're a bit more you know, our, our, we've seen each other in a deeper level. We understand each other and we'll do this for, for one another. And I felt that in that interview, I could almost feel his work, all the work that he did in, in that. And um, there's no doubt that Uruguay shouldn't have beaten Fiji. And I know that, you know, it was, it was a different, um, you know, Fiji hadn't had much time and all the rest of it. But um, it was beautiful for me to know that he'd done that work, to feel that camaraderie. I saw some of the videos that he shared of, you know, how much they, they loved each other, that, that, that group, because of these sharing circles and this open, open space. So it gave me a lot of hope for the future. Um, I think Whitey's an interesting one, because I think he's gone on a full journey. You know, mm -hmm. what Whitey was, 
you know, incredible at what he did. But I think he was, he's been on a full journey from yogi to business owner, to traveler, to, to where he is now. And it's interesting because perhaps he emotionally felt he wasn't where he wanted to be and now can, can talk um, readily about it. I, I, you know, the only time we've actually, and it's again interesting, talk about questions in the England team, you know, instead of like going up and getting someone to stand up, a new player and say, hi, I'm, you know, James and I'm, my favorite color is red. I love coffee and I've got a dog called Bert. You know, they would get you to ask 10 you know, talk to the bloke next to you, get 10 facts about him and 10 facts about you. And it was amazing. I'd sat in rooms with some of these guys and had no idea that where they were from, what they'd done. And it was so interesting because we don't, everything's so surface, especially men, it's very surface. And I think, you know, the team would only benefit from getting to know and have an emotional connection because if you care, you're much more likely to, to go above and beyond. And that's what real culture is about. And culture is not something you manufacture. It doesn't matter how much, like, it doesn't matter how many times you say culture. We've got a great culture. Culture is important. Culture. So, I, you know, and I think actually with mental health, with mental health, race, uh, feminism, and all this kind of stuff, we're in a really dangerous time because everybody thinks they're fixing shit because we're talking about it. And it's like everybody's talking about stuff. So if you're talking about stuff, it means you must be doing stuff. Oh, fine. I talk about it. I talk about it. I talk about mental health. I know about mental health. It's like, no, no. You're not doing anything. Nobody's doing anything about it. Everyone's just talking about it. It's like race stuff. It's like, you know, race is really important. What, what, what have we actually changed? Nothing. Like, you know, women's stuff. I, I had a, a, a feminist, Salma El Wadani, on, on the couple's quarantine. And she was like, look, we are in a dangerous place. You know, men think, I'm not sexist. I'm not sexist. I've never raped a girl. I'm not sexist. And it's like, you know, we're, we're women in workplace. And it's like, no, actually, we, we still have got so much to do in these areas. And talking about it is actually far worse. And it's in a really difficult period about mental health because it's, it's a buzzword. Companies, when companies start talking about mental health and putting out black placards because they want to be seen as mental health, we're in a real spot of bother and we need to start doing stuff because it's not really changed, I don't think. I think it comes down to also, like, so some, of the, some of the clients that I've got now, you go into their office, what's the first thing you'd do in, um, in, a, in a sports environment? The, the people in that environment go up to that new person. So they take that onus away from them because that is the most horrific point. You're walking into a new classroom, you've got Dylan, Tom Wood, all that just standing in the corner and you're supposed to go up to them and go, Hi. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm so and so, whatever. That's horrific. That happens in sport. In a corporate environment, it does not happen. So I've got these clients now. No one's coming up to me and going, you know, I'm 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 so and so from accounts, or I'm so and so from this, whatever. And like, they're, they're not. It's not just sport. He's actually coming to talk, and it's just so weird. Like, no one's taking the onus off anyone else because they're because they're going to be in that weird position where they've got going embarrass themselves and tell someone what their name is you know whereas whereas you know you go down there and there's a there's people walking in and out of the fucking room and i'm like i've got no idea who they are <laughs> they're not say like you, you know you know it's, it's such a weird thing that we're actually as a as a whole you know as as people whether it, whether you be male or female or whatever environment you're from you just got you just got to do certain stuff and that and that all comes back to you know looking out for someone so we'll be right back straight after this Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back. Let's pick up where we left off. I'm actually caring. You know, and, and asking yeah. how are you with with a, a a want to actually hear how they are rather than yeah. you know and, and being welcoming you know and, and allowing people like you said a second ago at the beginning of that time it's like you know when it, we can kind of put ourselves in a pedestal if we make it hard for people to enter into our group we can feel more secure we can feel above them and it kind of boosts our own importance doesn't it and it, and and the, the the vulnerable thing to do is really open it and, and welcome them in and put them on a pedestal and really make them feel very welcome because we're you know perhaps we're lowering ourselves in putting them up high, but that for me is, is is a true leader you know rather than looking out for yourself and how you feel and how comfortable you are, as a team environment all of us welcoming and supporting and putting each other on a pedestal, perhaps even if it makes us feel smaller because we're celebrating someone else. That's empowering the group community. One last question, because I don't want to keep you guys um, all day and all night, but um, I just want to ask about the transition from, from professional sport into the real world, because, you know, the professional sport, it's all, you're judged on results, purely, right? You know, how you, whether, whether you're winning or losing, there's no prizes for, we've got a great, we've got a great culture and we've got a real good, good group of friends, but we've lost every game. Like, that's not a well done. Um, and in the real world, if, we, if, we, if we're trying to adopt that same attitude, life can become a constant chase. You know, we're constantly like, what? Well, I need result, result, result. And even, you know, I heard Eddie Hearn talking on a, on a podcast um, the other day and he talked about how, uh, you know, his dream was always just to promote, have the biggest, the biggest fight ever. Um, and he then had Anthony Joshua and Klitschko. And he said, I didn't really celebrate that, that thing. I had a few drinks, but at the end of it, 5am, he remembers lying in bed thinking, right, what next? What next? And then he talked about how Frank Lampard won the Champions League and that was all he ever wanted to do. And then he won it and he was like, didn't really feel like I thought it would would feel you know what next Johnny Wilkinson won the World Cup said the next day was the emptiest day of his life because that was all he'd ever wanted and it didn't really live up to the to the feeling and I do think many of us live in this world where we're constantly chasing you know constantly striving for the next thing the next thing and I can imagine professional sport really puts you on that pedestal too um how do you find that in in like day-to-day lives do you are you able I mean Tom you touched on it before about really appreciating and enjoying your the moment do you find that you know after 10 15 years of professional sport you're constantly you know wired to to keep chasing more and more and more and, and the next thing and the next thing and actually stop struggle to stop and look and think i'm here and i'm i'm doing all right i think i think um and it's probably slightly different in the way that has gone about stuff but i think when you when you come out you basically it's, it's tough to realize you basically go from from the top of one profession and then you're, 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 if you're not down the bottom, you're somewhere certainly down the arse end. 
um, and you and you have to try and then get get yourself back up to speed on whatever you're trying to do. If I had my time again, I wouldn't have then gone out and left rugby, gone through a divorce, and then gone right. I'm going to go and start my own business. That was a world's worst recipe. So you know, I, I would have gone under someone's umbrella and then just and then branched out myself. And I did it the hard way. And as I mentioned before, that you know, probably three years ago, a couple of years out of the game, got myself in a right hole, sorted it all out, and now. I f- there's so much more I think that I take from life now compared to professional sport. Yes, I loved it, and yes, you know I miss I miss playing. I don't miss training at all. Um, I don't miss the battering that that my body took, you know. And but I look now at what I am missing to compared to where I, what I've got going on, and I'm like, there's so much more opportunity in what I've got. Um, there's there's so much variation. I can balance that with family life. And, you know, it's just, it's completely different. It's completely different. But I do think there's instilled and ingrained in me, there is a case of, right, just fucking get off the next thing. And, you know, I, I, through lockdown, I've, I've, been, I've been part of a team that's launched a new business, which is effectively a recruitment platform for sports people, and, and it will be military. Um, and with the one good thing about uh, sports people, it's either sink or swim. And it's the same with military. You put them in an environment, they'll 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 find a way to get to get themselves out of that shithole. You know, it has may well echo what I'm saying is that you put someone in an environment where whether that be top of sport or you, you transition them out of sport, they find a way to, to 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 find new things to chase. And I do agree, there's an element where you're constantly chasing, but until you've found that that point where you're like, right, in perfect equilibrium. I don't. I think you're always chasing slightly because something's out of kilter. So, you know, I, I, I think, and I think that's probably you know coming back all the way back around to the, the the first question you asked. I'm a lot happier now where I'm at, um, even probably compared to professional sport because I just find it exciting. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, I mean, hey. I mean, look, I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't ever. Uh, enjoy any kind of moment i'm always on to the next thing trying to improve it's something i've got i've got to deal with um you know i never stop to appreciate stuff it's the biggest regret of my of my career and um you know my my therapist i saw to them the other day and they were like you need to just sometimes sit and appreciate and enjoy and allow some time for yourself and to be mindful and i was like and do you know what i found that by sitting on my own having a cigar staring out to space and just relaxing or doing some breathing and just being like, do you know what, what I've done is good. You know, this is this, this is this and take a moment. Cause I'm compl- I'm a workaholic. I'm addicted to doing this, this, this stuff. You know? I think what's, what was the, what was the turning point for me with the kids, you know, like, and, and the, the minute they go from, you know, I went to Japan last year for the world cup and I left and Evie couldn't talk. I came back and she went, hi daddy, we miss you. And I was like, what the fuck happened there? You know, like in eight weeks, she just, it completely changed. And I missed that moment and that really brought it home that, that time moves on and if you don't enjoy it, it's gone and you're not getting it back. And there we have it. Suddenly it was done. And um, yeah, it was kind of sad. I, I often end these conversations thinking, oh, there's so much more I'd love to have got into. You know, I really would love to have uncovered this and this and this. But, you know, I've got to listen to my own advice and the own conversation and just enjoy what was without expectations or without wanting more. 
you know, that, that was beautiful. And we covered so many interesting topics from just asking how we were at the very beginning and for that conversation to last 20 minutes alone, for the guys to actually share how they really were to getting into vulnerability and understanding the difference between that and being a victim and how important psychology is in sport and what a good leader is. And just really to hear the guys talking at a slightly deeper, deeper level, you know, um, brings me a lot and I hope it brought you a lot. Uh, I think it's really important that we have these conversations, particularly us men, particularly alpha leaders like these guys, big personalities, to be able to talk, to show that everyone has emotions, everyone has the ability to have these conversations, that it's good, that it's healthy, that it's okay to not be perfect. They're really important. So real honor for me to have these conversations with the guys, really grateful for them to step into this space. I want to have more of them and, and there are a lot more lined up. We've got a lot more similar types of men coming up in future episodes men who can be perceived a certain way but who will share deeper aspects of them i'm also going to be talking to women and there's all sorts of conversations that i want to open up with with women in a, in a round table environment to to hear them talk about masculinity and to talk about the challenges that, that come up for women that perhaps i wouldn't understand and for me to learn and grow so there are some beautiful conversations coming up um that's it for now i guess it's my job to wish you happy new year Hope you had a brilliant Christmas. Um, enjoy the new year and we'll be back in the first week of January. So thank you for listening in so far. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to rate, review and subscribe, that'd be a massive help to us. We want these conversations to reach people. We want more honesty. We want more real talk. So yeah, if you can share it, you'll be doing, doing us a favor and hopefully the people listening to a favor too. So thank you. Have a brilliant new year. Until next time, lots of love. 